You're listening to the Growth Experts Podcast. So if you're looking to 10X your business by learning proven growth strategies, you're in the right place. During my interviews with top CEOs, entrepreneurs, and marketers, I dig deep to uncover the real strategies, hacks, and tools to help you achieve your goals. And I'm your host, Dennis Brown. Hey, have you ever wondered how I generate thousands of inbound leads per year using LinkedIn? Well, this episode is sponsored by my guide, The Ultimate Guide to Generating Inbound Leads with LinkedIn. This is the definitive guide on how to consistently generate inbound leads using LinkedIn and social selling. So if you want a copy of that guide, just send a text to 44222 with the word L-I guide, all one word, L-I guide to 44222, or you can go to my website at askdennisbrown.com forward slash guide. Now let's get on with the show. Hey, welcome back, everybody. And today we have yet another amazing guest. His name is Ravi Trivedi, and he's the founder of Push Engage, which is a browser notification platform with customers in over 150 countries. His customers include Mattel, 1-800-Flowers, and the list goes on. And he listened to this stat. They deliver over 5 billion notifications per month. So that's pretty exciting. He's also the founder of Coupon Ronnie. So welcome to the show, Ravi. Hey, thanks for having me, Dennis. Yeah, thank you for joining us. Uh, you're in India. I'm in New York, so we're a little bit different time zone. And I really appreciate you being here because we've never talked about this whole strategy of utilizing push notifications to help, whether it be drive leads or drive e-commerce sales or whatever it is, drive some sort of action from a marketer. So I'm excited to dive into that. But before we do that, before we talk about the topic here, which is how to three to ten x you get three to 10 extra results over email, right? What you get, what typically marketers are getting with email. Before we dive into that today, tell us a little bit of background. Give us a quick story, you know, a couple minutes here into how you got here and then we'll dive right in. Yeah, sounds good. So I did an MBA from Duke, was on Wall Street for a few years, decided that was exciting, but looking for long-term investing. So joined a venture fund. That's where I got a little more of my entrepreneurial jobs. Worked at one of the portfolio companies, online division as a special scenario. And that got me into marketing and digital marketing. And somewhere around 2011, I decided to move back to India, largely for personal reasons, and decided to start a company. And so the first one was a couponing site, Coupon Rani. And then that we grew to one of the top sites in this region. And then out of that came out Push Engage because we were always looking for those new growth hacks and new channels that would do well. And somewhere around 2015, when Chrome announced support for Web Push, we had an internal tool. We saw the ROI and we felt there were a few tools out there. So around 2016, January, we launched it for the well. And that's where our story started. And there you have it. So again, we have grown rapidly in the last four years and we've seen tremendous adoption for this new channel and phenomenal results. So here I am. So you launched the service in 2016, you said? That's correct. January 2016. Gotcha. Okay. All right. So let's dive into the business a little bit. Give us a sense as to the size or scale of the business, whatever you can share, whether it be number of customers, whether it be percentage growth, whether it be revenue. I mean, I, I'm making the assumption you're a seven-figure business already, correct? Sure. There okay. it is. Correct. Okay. Is there, are you able to give us any sort of a range? Is it seven figures, eight figures, any sort of, whatever you're comfortable with? I'm just trying to get a sense because sure. the audience, it's important for the audience to understand where you are in your phase of growth and scaling. I mean, are you sure. a million dollar business? Or are you a $40 million business? There's a big sure. difference. So yeah, no, so great questions. I'll begin by saying 
we serve over 10,000 websites globally. And again, where we stand, we are, you know, between one to 10 million range in terms of revenue. You can put that there. And again, we are a SaaS platform. So we serve both small and medium businesses who can pay, say, a $29 all the way to larger enterprises who can pay, say, $5,000. It's a pretty horizontal technology, just like email. And so that's kind of who our audience is. And these are marketing managers or product managers who are looking to increase engagement on the site. Perfect. Okay, awesome. All right, so let's take a little bit deeper dive into the company itself. You guys serve over 10,000 customers, right? 10,000 different websites, I should say. And you're doing billions of notifications per month. What's your number one, what's your primary channel or strategy for customer acquisition today? Because I know four years ago, it was probably different than it is today. Is it more paid? Is it more content? Is it more social? I mean, what, what are you using to get new customers today? Great question, I guess. Say We have done actually, we have shared this actually insights a couple of times, how we acquired our early customers and how we do now. Number one is our growth hacks. One of them is around Powered Buy. So we use the Powered Buy push engage on free accounts and that works very well. Number two, content and inbound. So we are largely inbound to the extent 95 to 98% driven by organic slash content. And the second part, or so one was a powered by, second is organic slash content, and third is referrals. Genuine referrals that we get from our customers who are happy. You can check, like, I guess, seven quarters in a row, we were high performer in G2 Crowd, Captura 515. We get tremendous rating, tremendous satisfaction from our customers that has translated into real, you know, referrals for us. So those are kind of our uh, channels for growth. And again, it's underlying this is a solid platform which can scale. Because think of it like the infrastructure for something that requires you to send notification instantaneously requires a lot of effort. And that's what we have built very well. And so if you're a new site you want to send to your 10 million subscribers, it goes right away. So I think that's kind of the underlying reason, apart from some other features which are built by marketers for marketers, that it has done well. Gotcha. Okay. So if you so those three channels, the powered by content inbound and referrals. Which one do you think is driving the ship right now from a larger percentage? Because I'd like to maybe peel that onion back sure. a little bit further. Is so it more think, content inbound or what is it? Yeah, it'll be content inbound. And I guess the, those three are kind of neck to neck, if you say. Of course, we also do a bit of paid and we also do LinkedIn a little bit. But I think the content and the inbound are, I mean, and also there is a brand that we have created. I mean, we get a lot of branded search for our brand. And that is probably driven from Powered by. You know, so it's kind of, I mean, to the extent around 70% or 75% of our acquisition is those three channels. So Love it. Perfect. So what's a content strategy that you found to be working really well? I mean, is it the standard blogging? Is it, what strategy are you using that you found to be most effective from a content inbound sure. perspective? So I guess I'm going to say again, a great question. We came from a consumer background. So I will give you this. Building a coupon site is one of the hardest, extremely high competition. And I felt I had learned something in digital marketing to build it, right? And we honed a lot of our marketing skills in the consumer space where you got to get your transactions every day. You got to get your organic traffic in and some of those follow up. So I'll begin by saying what are the top that work for us? Number one, content and authority is huge, but how do you build authority in the space? So you build authority in the space by a writing unique pieces, whether we did our benchmark report, which nobody had done from the content that we had. Number two, 
creating the content is only half the thing. The other half is distribution. How do you make sure you as a frugal distributor, you don't have tons of millions of dollars. We didn't raise money. So how do you go about distributing? Distributing is syndicating and having those deals where people will publish your content, right? So that's something that we focus on. One example could be this podcast. The reason why I'm here is we want to tell our story to everybody, right? So we do a ton of webinars, podcasts, guest articles, you name it, right? We are all about distribution because we recognize that is 60% or more of the problem in content. A lot of people create good content, but very few are able to distribute it. And that kind of creates the buzz and drives organic and everything else from there. You make a really good point, Ravi, and I, and I really appreciate you making that point because I see this mistake all the time with people that, that are doing content marketing. They spend 90% of their time 95% of their time creating the content and 5 or 10% of their time promoting it and getting distribution. And the fact is, you know, it really needs to be flipped on its head a little bit. You need to right. spend more time on the promotion and distribution right. because otherwise all the effort that went into that content, you know, it's, it's that old right. adage, if a, if a tree falls in the woods and nobody hears it, does, did it really right. exist, right? And right. So, so I think that's a huge misnomer and a myth and a mistake that people are making when it comes to content marketing. So I'm, I'm glad to hear that you guys have a heavy push on obviously the promotion and distribution. I think that makes all the difference. So, all right, well, listen, one more question about you personally. This is kind of an interesting question. I always, I'd love to ask different guests this, and that is, if you could pick any business superpower, right? Think about any business superpower, what would you pick? Not something that you already have, right? Not something you're already very good at, something you wish you had. Some examples might be some people like to, would love to be really good public speakers or good writers, or you know, maybe they were very good in sales or whatever the case may be. What would be a superpower that you would love to have? Oh, me? I've been practicing meditation and getting into more, I guess, spirituality. So that's something that probably if I can help people calm up, calm their mind and help them in their personal struggles. I know it's a big one. Probably that's my, maybe the next move sometime, but that's something I would love to do. And I think it requires understanding of human psychology and understanding, you know, how this world is and kind of accepting the way things are. Right? And there are a lot of kind of interesting stuff there, but that's something I would love to, you know. No, I think that's it. really interesting. The ability to help calm your own mind first and then help other people calm their minds. Because obviously it seems like we're always in an internal state of some right. panic or distress or issue or problem, or especially as an entrepreneur, right? Or in business, right. yeah. you're always getting hit with something new. You know what I mean? So yeah, I think that's really interesting. Thank you for that. All right, great. Well, listen, today we're here to talk about how to leverage push notifications to get a three to 10x better result than your email. And you're going to help us unpack that. So First, why don't you start out with giving people a little bit better picture as to what push notification is, and then let's break it down for them. Sure. Excellent. So number one, push notifications are this explicit opt-in where you have to click allow to become a subscriber. No personal information exchanges hand when you do that, and you're in full control because it's a browser setting. Number two, when you do that, the websites can send super targeted messages. And what we see is about 15 to 20% people are saying allow to these messages because it's a single click. Number three, when you send out these targeted notifications, we see anything between five to 30% people click, which means if you send to 100 people, you have five people click to 30 people clicking and coming back. Comparing this number to say email marketing, that is again three to five X higher than what you see. So, and what we see is this is because the views on these notifications are very high because they're delivered as long as you're online. So that's kind of what has been propelling the growth, high subscription rate, 
high delivery and high click rate. And again, these are personalized, super important messages, whether it's an alert for price, whether it's an inventory alert, whether it is something that you're looking for that you want an alert to. And that's kind of, I guess, the cornerstone in this push strategy. So for people that are just listening in here, you land on a website and you see a small box pop up in the browser and, it, and, and it tip, what does it typically say, Ravi? This site would like to receive notifications or would like to send notifications. Do you want to allow? Yes. Yes. Or no? And you can say yes or no. Exactly. And Correct. if you say yes, then what happens is you may leave that site. You may go to another site. You may log offline, log back on later. And the, right. the company now has the ability to send that message or right. broadcast that message out to everybody that's opted in for that specific site, correct? Right, that's right. correct, absolutely Yeah, correct. It's, it really is amazing. I've seen it really, I've seen some marketers use it really, really well, particularly what we were talking about for content distribution, right? Whether it be uh-huh. a new blog post, whether it be a new podcast, whether it be something new that's going on and they've leveraged it heavily there. I've also seen it used really well in the e-commerce space, right? Yeah. I've seen people using it for cart abandonment. I've seen them using it for different in different functions, sure. right? So it's really interesting. Okay. And you mentioned some of the stats on it. You know, you said that you're finding anywhere between maybe 15 to 20% of the people that land on the site will actually opt in to receive notifications. That's correct. Yeah, that's huge compared if, to if done if done correctly. If and done again, correctly, we have yeah. this, yeah, we have those opt-in optimizations in our site, which are around funnel and looking at how one to about the alert and when should you ask for alert? There are more to it, but then you can get to that level in steady state. Absolutely. Yeah. And then you were saying the open rate, was it the open rates were, or the view rates or open rates were somewhere between five and 30%? Yeah, so, yeah, no, no. So the view rates are between 40 to 70%. The view is open in this case, right? So when you view, it's like an open in the email right. world. So it's 40 to 70%. That's pretty high, as you can see. That's huge. And that's because Yeah, because you're guaranteed to see the notification if you're online, even if the browser is background. Yeah. And then the click-through rate is where you were talking about the 5 to 30% range? That's correct. So an email these days, just to give everybody a sense of the differential, if you have a decent-sized list, it's not uncommon if you send an email out where you might get one, maybe 2% click-throughs. That's not unusual right? I mean, it can be higher, but if you averaged it out, I think across a large scale of emails and across an industry, wouldn't you agree it's probably one or 2%? Yeah, that's what we compared to. Yeah, that's correct. That's the yeah. MailChimp average we looked at. Yeah. Yeah. So that's the typical open rates or typical click, not open rates or click-through rates. I don't want you to misunderstand. So that's a huge difference, right? I mean, if you can literally 5X your click-through rates, you now have 5X opportunity to actually, you know, achieve your goal, whatever that is, whether it be is to sell a product, whether it is for them right. to join a webinar, whether it is to in, you know, read some of your content, whatever the case may be, listen to your podcast, whatever it is. So, so yeah, so I love this strategy. Okay, great. So we talked about what it is. We talked about some interesting stats. Why don't you talk to us about a use case or something where you've seen some of your clients do really well from a lead gen perspective, right? Maybe let's focus in on lead gen where maybe they were getting some sort of an opt-in or whether they were filling out some sort of a contact form, something like that. Why don't you help us in that direction? Yeah. So on the lead gen form, the common, what we call is called the form abandon. And again, just for reference, we have all these automations kind of pre-built templates. The common one is you're filling maybe a single page form or a multi-page form and then you abandon and you don't even give your phone number. Now, there is no way I could reach you. The only other method I could potentially have is retargeting, which is, you know, using Google or Facebook pixel. 
but then that's expensive. And again, we have done our study and saying that you can do similar retargeting message, which means fully personalized, and it's like 10 to 50 times cheaper. So the whole idea is I started filling the form. I did not fill the form. I can nudge the user and get them to fill the form. So that can help you increase your conversion rate on the form fill. So, so how does that happen? So somebody's on a, on a website and they're going to opt into like a lead magnet and right. maybe they put their name and they put their email, but they never hit submit, right? Right. So how would it happen? How would the engagement or the push engage technology, sure. you know, bring them back in and get them to fill sure. it out? What does that look like? So let's say you have a four stage form and we have many such customers and you abandon at stage one. If you abandon at stage one, our system would know because for every stage, when you fill the form, you're sending some event to our system saying, hey, this user has completed stage one, stage two, stage three, or you could be doing segments, right? Somebody who's in stage one, you put them in that list, right? So using many of those methods. Now, if you abandon after stage one, you have a separate messaging for them. After stage two, you have a separate messaging, right? So either using a segment or an event, both technologies being available, you can now send targeted messages depending on where they abandon and get them to fill. So this is useful for across the industry, whether it is finance, whether it is lead gen, and lead gen works so popular across the industry. And this I have seen, again, specifically for multi-page forms. It works out very well because what, most of the forms have more than one page. Yeah, go ahead. I'm curious, you know, what do you see? What's the data that you see around, you know, like abandon rate when it comes to a lead form? I mean, is the abandonment sure. rate really high? I mean, I'm I'm just not yeah. up to date. So I would, so yeah, so I would say a very well-targeted landing page probably gets around 20% conversion. That means about 80% people are still abandoning it. But a poorly done page or an average page is probably 5 to 10%, no more than that. But it's also a function of traffic. But this is like maybe a good traffic, 5 to 10%. So you're still losing the 95%. Now, what if out of that 95% that went out or maybe 90%, even if you were target only the 10% of them and make a few more percentage conversion, you're increasing your conversion rate by a couple of percentage points right there. So that's the whole, I guess, philosophy right there in terms of leads. That yeah, it's helping need. to fill. It's basically there's a leaky bucket and you're just helping to fill that hole, right? That's correct. And, yeah. and you're doing it in an, with an, an automated process that's, that's set up to detect these abandonments. And then at that point, you can just, again, fill that hole, pick up a couple extra conversion percentage. And when right. you compound that over days and weeks and months that add that that could turn into a significant amount of conversions for you. Awesome. Yeah. And for B2B customers, each of these leads could be huge. I mean, I was going to say that I'm surprised at how many people use lead gen forms. I have a steel industry customer who sells direct to customer or, or a wholesaler steel, which is like a classic B2B large. I mean, I wouldn't imagine. And there are two of such customers like that, right? And they're using lead gen form and they're using this, right? And on the other hand, there is this credit card processing person or a insurance person, this classic case. So it's just varies. Or if you're a IT services provider, you know, getting those inquiries in, right? Request a demo, request an inquiry. All of those pages are like wonderful for this. Okay, great. Any other use case or scenarios sure. or strategies from a lead gen perspective other than the form abandonment? See, I think the lead gen, that's the number one. Again, what also happens is often when people are landing a user on a page, they are going, putting them through a funnel. If you have a conversion funnel, then absolutely the cart abandonment works well. And again, this can be for e-commerce. It can also be for a lead funnel too, because maybe you're selling an ebook, maybe you're selling a product at the end of it, right? And it's not only they are not filling the form, maybe they added to cart, did not complete. 
So that's a classic one works very well. A variant of that is browse abandon, which is more middle of the funnel. The way it works is I browsed a product maybe three times in seven days. Now I know I'm really interested in it, but I didn't take any action. So there you can you know, target the user with the same product that they were interested in and send a message about it, maybe nudging them to maybe buy that. So I think Again, they're probably more e-commerce oriented, what I told you, but they work well along with the lead gen because lead gen sometimes leads to some conversion events as well. All right. So let's, let's unpack that scenario a little bit. You mentioned sure. how a user visits your site and visits different pages, right? Whether it be products or pages, whatever the case may be, it probably doesn't matter whether it's a product or a page, sure. right? It doesn't really matter. But you see they're engaging with your site, but for whatever reason, they don't become a lead or they don't purchase your product or whatever the case may be, whether it be, whether you're driving for a lead or an e-commerce sale, you can then, you know that history and you can then target them based upon the products or pages that they were visiting as a way to re-engage them while they're on somebody else's site. That's correct. That's correct. Of course, it requires consent from your side and you will need to pass on that events. We won't be doing any extra tracking or anything on your customer, but if you pass some of that data that we really need, absolutely we can do that, right? And that's very powerful because you are looking at the user behavior. I'll give you one more example. Let's say I'm looking for this flight ticket from New York to San Francisco, and I know I found the ticket. I didn't click on anything after that. Maybe I'm looking for a price alert. So maybe you say, hey, I'll send you an alert when the price drops. Or I know I've done this search maybe three times. So so thing is that using that data of what a customer is doing can lead to super personalized campaigns. And that is what we want to tell all the folks because one of the common things that comes across and a lot of folks say, hey, I, I like push, but I'm probably not getting the targeted message. And the thing is, if you do in such a way with the full automation, but fully targeted, the customers love it and you will also get the benefit from it. I just want to make that point very clearly that you should be segmenting and sending only a targeted notification to your customer. Okay, so let's talk about the segmenting piece, right? How does that work? I mean, what are some different segmenting strategies that you found work really well? We talked about that one where we were segmenting them based upon the type of content that they were viewing. What are some other popular strategies and things that work really well from a notification perspective in that? So So the basic ones are number one, which type of device a user came, desktop versus mobile. Because a mobile notification, the space is limited. In desktop, it's slightly bigger. So you could be sending different notifications to them. Apart from that, we also will do like a browser type and when did you subscribe? All those are good. So when did you subscribe can lend itself well to what we call as a drip campaign, just like an email world. So if I joined your site today and I'm enrolling for the seven-day course, then on day one, certain notification has to go, day two, certain. So it all depends on when I subscribe to your site, right? So that becomes an important entry point for any of these campaigns. Now, apart from that, the regular segmentation is more around what did the customer do on the site, which is, okay, am I interested in fashion products or am I interested in electronics? Or if I'm a soccer, am I a fan for basketball or baseball? I mean, so these are all my choices that I'm trying to capture based on what you're doing on the site. So that when I send a notification, I'm only sending what you're looking for. And this I can decipher based on what you read or where you engaged more on the site. Love it. And so it makes it much more personalized. It makes it much more relevant, right? I like to use the word relevant because I really think that in order to get a user's attention with as much messaging and marketing and, and getting hit over the head, every corner that they turn online and offline, I think relevance is really the ultimate hack, right? And so I think that's where segmenting comes in and does a really good job. Awesome. 
All right, great. Anything else you want to add? Well, wait a minute. Let me just take a back step really quick. You mentioned, talk about drip campaigns really quick because you, you, you touched on it very briefly. And I think people are, you know, most marketers are very aware of how you do email drip campaigns. You opt sure. in and then they, will, they can drip emails out to you every day, every week, whatever period of time. And these are all pre-planned, pre-formatted emails, right? That can uh-huh. be set on a timeline, right? That can automatically drip to try to drive that no like, and trust. What about, how does it work from a, a push notification perspective? Sure. So it's kind of similar. The first point is you could be doing a drip, say a welcome a drip, which could be say sending a coupon if you're an e-commerce site after an hour that lends itself well. See, remember you can still land a user on a landing page or a content page, right? A drip for a blogger or a content site, say for your site, I was going to actually make a campaign for you, could be, you know, you have say, 100 podcast and you know that your super hit podcasts are podcast number 5, 31 and 36 done by person A, B and C. Now you want to make sure when this user who has just listened to one podcast gets a chance to listen to top three so that they become a loyal subscriber of your site. And so this welcome trip of yours could be, hey, on day one, hit them with this first brilliant piece and then day three, do something else. So this becomes for a content site an opportunity to send the evergreen content that that exists on their site, which is super popular because I would never maybe know of it, right? So that's the first one for a content site. The second one is for e-commerce, which is a coupon. The third is, I mean, the list goes on. You can be doing based on targeting. Okay, so this user came, was looking for this iPhone and for an iPhone segmented user, the moment they looked at this phone, I'm sending maybe just a product information. The idea is not to sell all the time. It's about giving the information to the customer so they are better informed. Think of not selling anything directly to the customer, just give them the information. So that's where most of our drips come handy. Maybe you have offer at the end, but then you're sending a lot of information to your customers. Love it. Perfect. Listen, anything else you want to add about push notification? I'm going to, add, I'm going to ask you a couple more rapid fire questions and then we're going to wrap it up for today. Yeah, so I was going to say in terms of the stats, two things. Number one, for we do e-commerce sites, we see 5 to 20% extra traffic and revenue. That's the number to keep in mind. If you're a content site, again, between 10 to 30% extra traffic and page views. And if you're monetizing similar numbers, we do also have a benchmark report on our site, which is one of the unique in the whole industry. We haven't seen that. This is benchmarked by the industry and the region, whether US, Europe, and you can use it to see how you're doing, how your subscription rate, what's your conversion, blah, blah, blah. So just check them out. And then I was going to tell one piece of information, which is favorite piece for me. And we tell in the sales call, we are a transparent company. So we tell people how to implement push without a vendor lock-in. Again, most people want you to be tied into their platform and you can't move away, right? And this is a technology by the browsers. We have an article on that. And there is only one key takeaway, how to make sure you're not locked into a vendor. Make sure you have a unique key call either a Vapid key or an FCM key. I know it's a little technical, but you can check with your vendor. Number two, when the subscription happens, make sure it's on your domain, not on your vendor's domain, right? So those two key things, if you keep in mind, your subscribers will be your, and if you ever wanted to switch any vendor, you will be able to do that. So keep that in mind. We have an actually an alert in our system if you're not portable. Because yeah, that's great advice. Thank you so much. Because what you want to have is you want to have options, right? If you don't have yes. that, that key, that specific key, you know, you, you may not be able to transition those users to another right. vendor in the future. And who knows, maybe the pre- previous vendor goes out of business, maybe they change right. their model, maybe you're unhappy with them, whatever, but you want to have the ability to be mobile and be able to move on. No, that's great. Thank you so much. All right, listen, last two questions, rapid fire. What's your favorite growth tool, app, software, 
obviously, other than Push Engage, what would be one of your favorite tools that you use to help grow your business? Sure. So I use Ahrefs a lot and SCMrush for doing a lot of analysis, uh, deep dive. Perfect. And Ahrefs. I'm a, like, yeah, yeah. And I'm a, like a Google organic and Google paid. So I've done a lot of those. And so I love those tools and they give a ton of data. And if you can uh, use them, you can do a lot actually with that. Yeah. Tons of great tools. They're awesome. All right. And uh, what would be one book that you would recommend to the audience? Maybe it's something that you read or you think might help sure. them along in their journey. So I think from a entrepreneurship, it's a zero to one. That's something I love. And then if you're looking for more stuff around your self-improvement, it's Be Here Now by a famous author, Ramdas, who's a very famous American spiritual leader. So Be Here Now, Being in the Moment. Uh, love it. So that's the, that's the book. Perfect. Well, listen, Ravi, why don't you let everybody know how they can learn more about you and Push Engage, and then um, we'll wrap it up for today. Sure. So we are there at pushengage.com and I'll give you my Twitter. It's Trivedi Ravi, or you can email me at ravi at pushengage.com. And again, we are here to help you with your push notification, uh, you know, campaigns and, you know, help you benchmark or give you any, uh, you know, advice as a fellow marketer. You don't have to use my product always if you want any advice as well. So just feel free to, uh, you know, give a shout out. Love it. Thank you so much. I will definitely put all that in the show notes. Have an awesome day or evening and uh, we'll talk again soon. Yeah. Thanks for having me, Dennis. It was a pleasure. Thanks. Thank you. Listeners, I want to thank you for tuning in. I truly appreciate your time. If you're enjoying the podcast, then do me a huge favor. Click the subscribe button now and please leave me a review. It would mean a lot to me.